It's time for JT the Brick. I am JT the Brick, focused black hole, getting in there, ready to rock. I got my A game. I've been there with the Raider Nation in the black hole. I've been in this rivalry. I've seen it in my 24 years here. It's a do or die game. Can't let them win in Vegas. Protect the house. Protect the Legion Stadium. Be ready to go. No half-ass effort. You don't need a PhD. You don't need some expert on CNN or Fox News teaching you about fandom. I just told you. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll right now, so let me go. Hey, JT. Yes. I love you, and I love your show. Thank you. That's what the Raiders are based on. Al Davis, the history of the Raiders, they were always banged up. They were always taped up. They had blood coming through their helmets, and they played. The 11 angry men. I'm not encouraging injuries. I'm encouraging violence. So that's where we are, Raider Nation. Simply put, man up and play football and win a game. And now. That's a hell of a motivational speech. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you as we wrap up the week. Here in studio with Bobby on Raider Nation Radio, 9.20 a.m. in that Raiders mobile app, which we thank God for every day. We can download the show. You can listen to it live all throughout the Raider Nation, anywhere where you have an app, anywhere around the world. It's an actual radio app that works in the chaos of radio. Where Bobby's smiling. In the chaos of radio, we got an app that works. I mean, you literally click on that app, and it gives you the live radio show. My buddy Roxy listening in Buffalo. My dad in Naples, Florida right now. They're listening on that live app. It's beautiful. Download the Raiders mobile app and listen to us live. Listen to us on the demand, and we appreciate you listening. So what a night last night in Vegas for sports. Golden Knights, UNLV basketball, unfortunately, lose. That was a wild night. Last night was a wild night. I was out last night. Went out, I'll I'll share some stories throughout the show today. John Ramey, who's the voice of UNR, the rivals. They're not a rival to me. I didn't go to UNLV. I like Nevada. A lot of my son's friends go to Nevada. And Nevada's out and UNLV's out. And uh, I hung out with the play-by-play voice, who's a longtime 20-year friend of mine, John Ramey. And we had a good night last night. We watched a lot of sports in a lot of vibrant places where this town was on edge last night because there was a lot happening here in Vegas. Man, the fact that the people behind the scenes, too many to mention, that have brought all these college basketball tournaments to Vegas. Thank you, thank you. Hotel rooms are full, airports packed, people are coming in, spending money in the restaurants, casinos, doing everything in town here, all because we have all these tournaments. Gonzaga won their conference tournament earlier in the week. Tonight, I'm going to see UCLA, the number two team in the country. UCLA here at T-Mobile, I'll be going to that. And then Arizona State, Arizona. My son goes to Arizona State. i got to figure out if I'm going to wear an Arizona State button-down for my son tonight as they're here in town, and I'm paying the bills, so I might as well support them over at T-Mobile. I'll get to the Golden Knights and their crazy win. And yesterday, I want to thank everybody, including Jarrett Stidham. Yesterday, we spent the broadcast talking about Jarrett Stidham, and I was pleasantly surprised all over Twitter. Uh, I don't use the text here much, but Bobby said the text will lighten up for Jared Stidham. I was surprised by the number of Raider fans who got through on this show and said, I'm good with Stidham being the starter. I was a little bit surprised by that. It's not a bad thing. I just didn't think Raider fans, who many have been triggered for quite some time, were going to go down that road. Maybe we do, Bobby, have the mellow, cooler, well-thought-out audience here that I've always dreamed of because it wasn't people yesterday firing the coach, firing this guy, Trey. Everyone's like, yeah, we might have to go with Stidham. Stidham might be the choice. Well, he's not signed. (laughs) 
You got to sign him. He's an unrestricted free agent. Got to get him in here. I would assume that Dave Ziegler is going to knock that out and get that done. And then the rest of the quarterback carousel. Jerry Coleman will join us next hour from Baltimore. He's a great Ravens insider on what's happening with Lamar Jackson. Also, Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox. Uh, Kevin Bollinger at 12.30, the sports director here at Fox 5 in town as we get ahead of next week. And Raider free agency. So I got a lot today. I got a lot on the show today. We got a lot of sound we want to play. Hopefully, we hear from you. And if you didn't get a chance to get through yesterday and you want to do it today, if it works better for you, on where you stand with Jared Stidham as the starter or the bridge quarterback, or if there's a chance for someone else to come in here, I can sense what's going to happen. Here's what I'm going to lightly predict happens. Somewhere over the weekend, we get noise that Aaron Rodgers is going to speak on Monday and make a decision. On Monday, he's either going to decide that he's going to stay in Green Bay, and Green Bay might not like that. Green Bay wants to get out of that contracting, maybe give Jordan Love a shot. Or he's going to agree to terms with the Jets unless something happens over the weekend and another team jumps in. And why wouldn't that be the Raiders? If the Jets are going to get close to getting Aaron Rodgers, shouldn't the Raiders be closer to getting Aaron Rodgers? Like, we don't believe that the Jets have an advantage to get Aaron Rodgers over us here in Southern Nevada, do we? I mean, maybe I'm wrong. But look, if the Raiders don't want to go down that road for the price, $60 million and they don't want a 39-year-old guy, that's going to be evident. That's going to be evident on Monday or Tuesday. But if they're interested in kicking the tires, I would hope they're kicking the tires hard on Aaron Rodgers if he's flaking on the Jets. That could happen there. I think he's probably flaking on the Jets. And then at the end, he'll probably say Jets. Very tough topic to predict here. Uh, people are gambling on this. They're trying to get ahead of the Jets' odds, as we talked about earlier in the week on this. Uh, Lamar Jackson, which we'll get to more in the second hour of the broadcast. Look, he's available for a cheaper price than everybody expected. So as we talked about earlier in the week, uh, $240 million guaranteed is not happening. He doesn't have an agent. That's not going to happen. So why don't the Raiders offer $160 million guaranteed which would be kind of an $80 million discount from Deshaun Watson. Again, just to kick the tires, and they're going to probably, you know, if Lamar Jackson had no other deals, maybe that would be an interesting deal, but I would assume that the Ravens would match that offer. So is it even worth the Raiders or another team, Miami, or whatever, just trying to lowball him because that's what the Ravens want. The Ravens want Lamar Jackson to be lowballed, and then when there is a legitimate offer, they will go out and match it if it's cheap. And if it's not cheap, then they'll get two first-round picks. And I'm going to ask Jerry Coleman about it, but I think you know Lamar Jackson's worth more than two first-round picks. I mean, you see some of the quarterbacks who have come into this league the last four or five years in the first round? A lot of them fail. How would you like to take Zach Wilson, number two overall? I'd rather have a 26-year-old Lamar Jackson if I'm the Jets. And I think the Jets could be in play with him. The Jets have multiple backup plans. Cowboys restructured Dak Prescott's contract, which – that's what happens when you're a quarterback and you're overpaid. They come to you and say, look, we got no money. we got to go get other players and sign other players. So Dak reworks the contract. They move the pencil eraser around a little bit, give them more signing bonus money, and then they defer some of the money out. So it's pretty complicated, but that's the headline story in the NFL. And a rival to the Raiders, one of the greatest uh, players to ever compete against the Raiders, Otis Taylor, has just passed away at the age of 80. And remember, we just had Fred Bolitnikoff's 80th birthday party here. Freddie's pretty tight with Otis. Otis was a great player, one of the all-time greats. Played with Len Dawson. Uh, the rivalries against the Raiders were incredible. 
He spent all 10-plus years of his career with Kansas City, and he had a hell of a career. Unbelievable career. He went on to have two 1,000-yard seasons when those weren't around much back in the day during an era where the passing game was still evolving, and he finished his career with 7,306 yards, 57 touchdown catches, and some of those catches, some of the big ones, happened against the Oakland Raiders. So if you remember him, uh, if you're older and you remember seeing him live, or if you're younger and you caught him at the tail end of his career, uh, Otis Taylor, rest in peace, the Kansas City legend, passed away at the age of 80. And then the other free agent news that is out there is the second tier of quarterbacks that I'm putting a little bit of attention on. I think that Ryan Tannehill could move. Baker Mayfield's available. We all know that Daniel Jones got signed. What does that mean for some of the other quarterbacks in the second tier? Jacoby Brissett. You won't believe how many Raider fans have come up to me in person saying, JT, are we getting Jacoby Brissett? I'm like, I hope not unless he's the backup. Unless he's a backup, I, I hope he's not the answer here. But a lot of Raider fans are now whispering about him. And then the other quarterbacks around the league, what's going to happen with the Washington Commanders, Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz, who was let go by them? What's Indianapolis going to do at number four? C.J. Stroud seems to be their answer. Can the Raiders get in front of Indy at number four and steal C.J. Stroud from Indianapolis? I like that type of cooking. Go ahead and do that. If Dave wants to move up, Bill Williamson, our insider, wrote a column today. You know, the Raiders got a lot of picks in the sixth round, fifth round, back-end picks. They're worth something, but they're really only worth something if you package them together and trade up. You know, when you go from seven to three or seven to two, you got to give up your seventh pick, obviously, which is a good one. Then you got to give up a first-rounder next year, or you start packaging in a second and a fourth, and to do all that, I believe that the Raiders and Dave Ziegler have a lot of draft pick and equity to move up if they'd like to do. You know, Dave had to move up to get Devontae Adams and pay him. We all forget that. Got to give up a one and a two to get Devontae and pay him. And I think that worked out well. Some Raider fans don't agree because the team only won six games. I thought it was very important to get Devontae available. And now the quarterback who threw the ball to Devontae better than anyone is available. Still a massive topic. What does Devontae think of this? I know Devontae's golfing a lot at the Summit and over at Shadow Creek. He's a great guy in this community, and I don't know where he is in the offseason if he's even in town. But what does Devontae think? Because as Dave Ziegler has brought it up, they're going to keep him in the loop. They're going to keep him in the loop along the way. 702-365-9200. If you want to be Raiders-specific, it's not a big day in the Raiders. I read my Raiders notes. It comes from the team. I read the newspaper. Another day where they don't really write about the Raiders today. The Las Vegas Review-Journal might be, I think they have one page today. Everyone must be on vacation. It's all March Madness. I don't think there is a word, one single word. Oh, here it is on the back. Raiders still talking contract with Jacobs. That's Vinny Bonsignor. As reserve, Abdullah comes to terms on a deal. Amir Abdullah, who I'm fine bringing back because he's kind of a hybrid. He can do other things, kickoff returns, punt returns if he has to. He can run the ball, catch the ball. So, yeah, Vinny's got a column on that. And the Raiders still talking to Josh Jacobs to try to lock up that contract. Let's get to the Vegas Golden Knights and what happened last night. Being able to watch this earlier in the evening because they played on the East Coast. When Stevenson put him up 3-1, to one, it looked like the game was over. Right wing Amadio across the line. Right circle. Amadio tore the goal, forced around behind. Banks at left point for Smith. One touch right and a shot. Score! Power play goal for Shea Theodore. 
and the Knights take a 3-1 lead. 14-21 to go in the third period. Uh, so that was uh, Theodore with that goal there, excuse me, uh, on that. So he gets rolling there as we get going. And then Quick behind the net, in front of the net was fantastic. To have Jonathan Quick, this is a big deal to have a goaltender at this time who could go out and make plays and give this team an opportunity to win and stay in games. Let's move on to the fight with Colasar. This fight that happened in the third period, then there was all chaos breaking loose. Here's the fight with the Golden Knights and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Lightning come across the line offside. Look out, a skirmish ensues after the whistle. Maroon in the midst of it once again for the Lightning. Everybody's joined in. The linesman hopping. Oh, we've got several punches being thrown. Perry is into it with Haig. They go down. Bogosian pulling on the back of Haig's collar. Kolasar pulling Bogosian, grabs him around the neck. All four players are locked up. The linesman desperately attempting to pull them apart. How about that? Dan Duva calling a fight. A lot of people throwing punches in that fight there. I love fighting in hockey. We need it because men go around with blades on their boots and sticks. If you don't let them fight, the sport could get very dangerous with the sticks. It's a grown-ass sport. You're allowed to fight in hockey. Stop saying they have to get rid of it. It rarely happens, and when it does, it brings tremendous entertainment, and that's how these athletes police themselves. If it gets a little out of control, they fight. I, I cannot believe that there are human beings saying that they should take fighting out of hockey. What are you talking about? It's the culture of the sport. These guys are so big and strong and mean, from time to time they need to take out their aggression. They got helmets on. They take the helmet off or not. Fighting is a big part of hockey. We had a rare hockey fight to play the play-by-play sound. Let's go, Bobby, to the game-tying goal that tied it up at three. They pull the goaltender. After a 3-1 lead, they score. And then in this chaos moment here, Tampa Bay got right back into the game. Near side, Kucherov, a goal moments ago. Sergachev for Kucherov in front, score! Tampa ties it. So Tampa ties it at three. This could have been the worst loss of the year, period. Worst loss of the year, up 3-1. Guys getting thrown out of the game for fighting, tied at three. But Martinez with the game winner in overtime was critical as Vegas gets two points in a hostile environment. Jack Eichel in the slot, drifting, opening up to the middle. He shoots! And it's a loose puck, it's in the goal! Alec Martinez dives in to poke it through. Vegas wins 4-3 in overtime. It leaked through Vasilevsky, twisting like a top in the crease. Martinez desperately dove toward the goal line, jams it across. Vegas wins 4-3. What a hockey game. Incredible hockey game. Golden Knights Radio on the call, our sister station there. And to beat Vasilevsky and to beat them twice, I was at the Tampa Bay game here in Vegas, to beat them twice on the year, that's a big deal. This team can hang with the greatest teams in all of hockey. They proved it just against Tampa Bay this year. So great win. If you're a Golden Knight fan, we need to hear from you in this town, especially in March and April and May. Let's go. We want to hear from hockey fans. We're not just Raiders Radio. We're talking hockey. We're talking UNLV. Let's get to the Rebels last night. They were getting blown out. And then a miracle three-pointer. This was chaos here as a loose ball came due and UNLV made this shot. Ball comes in to Harkless. Turn, shoots a three, air ball. Noel grabs it. Noel loses it. Noel gets it back. He shoots a three from the corner. Oh! And he makes it! Shane Noel ties the game at the buzzer! Incredible. Our buddy John Sandler on the call. They tie the game up. And then they didn't have anything in overtime. They just, they just left it all out there. Boise State, the higher seed, the better team. 
UNLV had a shot to shock the world in this game. I thought they would win when they got to overtime. It just wasn't meant to be. Tries to get the ball to Lou Rudd. Lou Rudd collects, gives the ball back to McCabe. He's trapped in the corner. McCabe just kind of launches the ball toward the basket, and it goes out of bounds, and that'll do it. 15 seconds to go. Mm. Frustrating. I get it. I get it. This team battled so hard. We'll have a a little bit of a retrospective on our Runner Rebel wrap-up show. Stay with us for that, please. As uh, this team certainly deserving of that. Deserving of of terrific support as Boise will now just dribble it out. Final score is going to be 87-76 and the Rebel season comes to an end after an unbelievable battle against Boise. They lose it in overtime, 87-76, and the officials scurry off the floor, as they should. 87-76, our final. Rebels drop this one. The careers of Harkless and Parquet and McCabe come to an end. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about this run of Rebels. All right, so that's John Sandler as they wrap it up. So the Rebel season has come to an end on their home court in the Mountain West Tournament. I don't do a lot of UNLV football or basketball on this show. I will if it's important. I guess it's important today. They've been eliminated. I'm very good friends with the Kruger family. Going back to Lon, working with him with Coaches versus Cancer. I feel like I like Kevin a lot. He talked to my son at Oklahoma when my son was deciding to go there. It was a really special moment for me that Kevin and Lon Kruger met with my son in their executive offices and spent time with him. And my son wasn't going to play sports there. He played at Gorman, but he ended up talking to them, and it helped in his decision to go to Oklahoma. So my son's graduating now in a couple of months. So I have a fond fondness for the Kruger family and Kevin, and I think he is the right guy. I definitely think he's the right guy. I think the topic for anybody who can hear my voice today on UNLV basketball is how come this program can't get back to Larry Johnson, Stacey, Stacey Ogman, 89-90, the Tark. Because everybody has different opinions on this. I don't have the answers, but I've lived in this market since 96. And I just say the same thing again. I think there are a lot of fake boosters, fake people involved that don't write checks, that don't have a lot of money, claim to be certain people. I'm not one of them. I'm not a booster. I don't write a check to UNLV. I don't got a kid going to school there. I'm writing two massive checks right now that you wouldn't believe. So I'm not going to write a check to UNLV Athletics, but I'll help them. I'll promote all their funds here on the show. I'd love to. We're the flagship of them. But what is it going to take for this program to be legitimate? I don't think it's the coach. It's obviously the players. And I just can't believe that a city that has all these people flying in from all over the world and billion-dollar casino after multi-billion-dollar casino with an NFL franchise, an NHL franchise, can't get enough kids to come here who are elite basketball players. Like, you almost have to beg the good kids to come here. I don't get it. And the reason I don't understand it is I don't know how you could get out-recruited by New Mexico or, you know, Washington State, with all due respect, Pullman or Boise compared to Las Vegas. And a lot of people have walked me off the ledge over the years saying, look, JT, parents don't want their kids to go here and really go to school in Vegas, I go, you're wrong. They got a great medical school, the best, you know, hospitality school in America. They got great alumni here, unbelievable facilities. 
So I guess I'll throw that out. What do the Rebels need to do to be a sweet 16 team eventually? The answer is the players. How do you get the players with the lack of money that there shouldn't be a lack of money because we're Las Vegas? Name, image, and likeness. How do we get more money into name, image, and likeness here in Vegas? Does anybody have an answer to this? Because I'm trying to figure this out. Raiders got plenty of money. Golden Knights got plenty of money. You can get Jonathan Quick, Mark andre Flory, Mark Stone. Professional teams here. UNLV had Tarkanian. They had success here. And it looks like that success is harder to come by. You shouldn't be an underdog to Boise. Okay? I mean, you shouldn't be an underdog to UNR. This team should not lose and be out of their own tournament when a team like San Jose State, who's been a doormat, is still alive in the tournament. So, again, I'm not ripping the coach. I think the coach is doing the best of what he can. I'm just trying to reach out to the locals in Vegas on how the hell is this going to get better? Like, when is there going to be a year where the team is preseason top 10 and has a chance to get to a Final Four? Could that never happen again because of the size of the Mountain West and the garbage television contract? Is that the problem? I don't know the answer to that. I got an open line for that at 702-365-9200. J.C. Raider in Salt Lake City. Go ahead. Start us off today. Hey, J.C. Uh, JT, thanks for taking my call. Hey, when I look at the Raiders quarterback situation, I think they're looking really to upgrade mm-hmm. because I believe they can sign Jared Stidham whenever they want. So it looks to me like they might be looking out there to maybe kick the tires on uh, maybe a Lamar or a Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm -hmm. But I find the Aaron Rodgers thing interesting and kind of funny because it doesn't look like he really wants to go to the Jets. So I'm I'm kind of curious. I wonder if the Raiders ever even inquired about that. And then as far as Lamar Jackson, I got a question, JT. What happens if he does sign an offer sheet? And he goes and tells the Ravens, look, I'm not coming back to you guys anyway because this is kind of a similar situation that happened with Devontae. Devontae was kind of under the same tag as Lamar, and he basically told Green Bay, I want to go to the West Coast yeah. to play for the Raiders. So I'm kind of curious to see what your opinion you know, the, is. On the, that. Uh, the ownership in Baltimore, and we got a guest coming up. Appreciate the call. Thank you. We have a guest coming up. I'll ask Jerry Coleman about that. Lamar Jackson is under contract and could be franchise tagged twice by the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are not going to make it easy on him to leave without fair compensation. The two first round picks. And if the contract blows the Ravens away, they won't match it. But if it's a low-ball contract, which it's starting to look at, they're going to match it. And Lamar Jackson has no choice other than to hold out and not play in the league and sit out and just say, I'm not going to play football for a year or two. That's not going to work. The Ravens will play hardball with him. So he's not in control. And I like that about sports. I like that with Aaron Rodgers now. The leverage that the owners have and the GMs are contracts. The NBA, contracts don't mean anything. Kevin Durant's under contract, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, it doesn't mean anything. They go, I want out. Well, we're not letting you out. You're under contract. And they go, no, 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 you didn't hear me. I want out. And the NBA owners go, okay, I guess I'll let you go. They just cave to the players. They don't do that in the NFL. These owners in the NFL don't let you break them where they're going to cave. You're under contract. You're going nowhere. And they'll decide when you're going to leave if they get an offer that they deem viable. And Baltimore is now so smart what they're doing with Lamar Jackson. They're just basically telling him, why don't you go figure it out on your own, Einstein? You don't have an agent. You're real smart. You think you're smart. You think you're smarter than us. We own the team. Well, go around and shop yourself 
and see if you can get $200 million guaranteed. And if you do, we'll take the first two picks. We'll take the first-round picks and wait for you to leave, and we'll start getting those. The Ravens are in control, not Lamar Jackson. The Packers are in control of Aaron Rodgers. The Raiders are in control of the Devontae contract. If Devontae doesn't like what's going to happen here, and I think Devontae likes what's happening here, but anyone who's under contract has to live up to that contract in the NFL. They don't cave. The NFL and baseball doesn't cave with their contracts. The NBA is an absolute embarrassment. Joe's in Lancaster, California. Hello, Joe. What's happening today? Hey, hey, JC. You know, this is Kelvin from Lancaster. Okay, appreciate hey. it. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, JC. You know, for the, for the running Rebels, you know, back in the day when they had Jerry Tartani, you know, he went he went to junior college ranks. That's how he mm-hmm. got Larry Johnson. That's how he got George Apples. That's how he got Isaiah Ryder. Mm-hmm. Maybe if he start going to the Duco route, getting these Duco All-Americans like Tark used to do, you know, maybe yeah. you know, he can get some success again. Yeah, I mean, I think they're trying to do that. I think that Kevin Kruger, through his dad and his knowledge and the JUCOs, and that's what's what happens in the sport. And I think name, image, and likeness, they're trying to build that program. And I think they're looking really close in Nevada right here at Bishop Gorman and other schools. They had a tragedy and an accident with a player that was supposed to play there that could have turned the program around. I think they're trying, but you're right on that. Tark was... Tark was aggressive. As you know, Joe, he was, he was aggressive. Tark could find anybody and get him into this program and win qu- quickly and coach him up. I think, that era is, I think that era is over where you can find a bunch of players like that. I think you have to recruit the old-fashioned way through high schools and get some college yeah. transfers. The transfers, to me, are the big thing. Yeah, one more, one more quick Raider question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devontae, to me, it doesn't seem like he's lobbying for Aaron. Uh, I like to see him do a little yeah. more lobbying for Aaron yeah. to get him. Yeah, that's, you know, yeah. you know, got soft, you got soft Gardner lobbying. Mm-hmm. You know, with the Jets. You know, you know. I think if Devontae come out, you know, shoot up a couple of tweets or just start lobbying for it, maybe we can get that fired up again. Yeah, you're onto something. I think you are. In the beginning, he mentioned that Devontae talked about it in the beginning, but I don't know what Devontae's what he does in the off season. I don't know what he's doing with his lovely family and his kids and his wife. I don't know what he's doing. And that's a fair point. If Devontae wanted Aaron Rodgers, he'd be all over the place doing this. But, again, you can't – there's tampering issues when it comes to teams getting permission to talk and all that. But there's plenty of players out there talking and telling you what they think on Instagram and Twitter. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know who Devontae wants a quarterback. I think he probably likes Jared Stidham a lot. They work together year-round in training camp and all of that, Aaron Rodgers he's played with. Devontae's going to get a gold jacket because of Aaron Rodgers getting him the football, not Derek Carr. Derek got him a bunch last year and did a nice job, but nowhere near the level of Aaron Rodgers. And I'd like to know that question. Who does Devontae want? And what's he going to say about that? But I don't think we're going to find that here on the flagship of the Raiders. He's going to have to put it out there on social media or maybe say it, maybe say it at a charity event or something that's going to happen. But time's running out. Next week, it's go time, everybody. Next week, it's go time. We're brought to you by PT's. Best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Go watch all of your hockey at PT's. They get it. They get it. And next Wednesday, this upcoming Wednesday, we're live from the Strat from noon to 3.
in the left circle. Puck out of the zone. It's a loose puck. Carlson gets to it. Short-handed Carlson in. Scores! It's slid underneath Vasilevsky. A penalty coming up, but it's off the board because of the goal. Vegas takes a 2-1 lead. William Carlson with a shorthanded goal to give the Knights their second lead of the day. Vegas Golden Knights Radio. Big weekend coming up here. Hope the weather holds up. Playing golf at Spanish Trail on Sunday with my buddy Tony and the JOD. Going to get out there and hit them. I'm watching the players as we speak. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights just won a great game against Tampa. UNLV eliminated Raiders free agency next week. The sports director from Fox 5, our friend Kevin Bollinger, kind enough to join us. Kev, there's always something big going on. I mean, literally, you're, you're living the dream life as sports director here. You had NASCAR last weekend. We got March Madness here. How are you? It's fantastic. Uh, what a great time to be in Las Vegas once again. You know, just uh, transitioning from one huge sporting event to another. And and uh, it was it was a crazy sports weekend last weekend in Las Vegas. And then with all the conference tournaments going on this week, March Madness starting next weekend, and then... Las Vegas hosts the West Regional of the NCAA Tournament uh, here in uh, just a couple of weeks at T-Mobile. So it's just going to keep rolling. Kevin, I think that's a big one. I was going to get to that with you. Really important we talk about that regional. How do you explain it to everyone, not only on TV with your shows, but friends around the country, as we look at how uh, college basketball has evolved? It was one tournament, then two tournaments, then three, then four, and the regional here. And I think everyone in the NCAA values Las Vegas how easy it is to do business here, put on these tournaments flawlessly. Once the NCAA, as an organization, got past the whole sports gambling thing, it just opened up all the doors because the conferences were were loving everything that they were doing here in Las Vegas. So I think that it's just going to continue to, to open things up more and more. We have the venues to do all of these things. So, uh, you know, the Big West was the latest conference to come in. I wouldn't be surprised if we... We uh, maybe saw another one pop in there, too, maybe the Big Sky or something uh, along those lines. So why not do it in Vegas? Uh, the conference basketball tournaments, we're seeing a lot more neutral site college football games with uh, Legion Stadium being built. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, uh, finally, Las Vegas gets their first ever regional of the NCAA tournament, which is going to lead to the Final Four down the road. Uh, just, you know, one thing after another, but the dominoes keep falling. Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5, you were at the Rebel game. What would you think? They were getting blown out. And then for them to come back and uh, get that game into overtime, that could have been special the way that bracket looks for them. Maybe if they got through that, we could have had this city on fire like the Rebels back in the day. That was a gut-wrenching loss to end their season. Yeah, you know, uh, it showed a lot of uh, guts to come back mm-hmm. uh, from from as poorly not really that they were playing overly poorly, but the Boise could not shoot. They were like 76% from the floor in the first half, uh, you know, and, and great shooting performance. But UNLV kind of locked it down, as Kevin Kruger said, just kind of chip away one possession at a time. And when they hit that three to send it into overtime, you know, you're starting to think, okay, there was some electricity in the building. Utah State was playing next. They didn't want to play Boise, so their whole student section uh, that was there were very vocal in, in rooting for UNLV, and it just added to, to a little bit of atmosphere inside Thomas and Mack that we haven't seen in a runner rebel game in quite some time. Yeah, I'm disappointing they weren't able to advance and keep going. Uh, Kevin, I just threw this out, just a general opinion from you on what it's going to take to get this program back to where Tark had it, which 
I can't say it's impossible, but it's looking improbable. So how do they get the program back to just getting into tournaments and potentially setting a goal of the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight? You know, the landscape has changed so much in college basketball with the transfer portal. Uh, Kevin Kruger had a lot of seniors on his team that that came in through the portal, and he's going to have to overhaul this roster again, and that's kind of the nature of the sport. So there has to be some continuity within the program, like we've seen at San Diego State, where guys want to stay. They want to come and they want to stay. They're not going to jump at the next best opportunity. So it's going to take a year or two uh, uh, getting to the tournament, building that consistency uh, to try and, and get that program built. But that's a tough thing to do right now with the transfer porter, with the NIL deals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see, too, as these NIL deals um, progress, if they can put in some type of, because of, we all know that the, the money's there for these players, but maybe there's incentives to keep them inside of a program. Maybe there's financial kickers in the NIL deals if they stay a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And I think that that will help programs like UNLV become consistent winners again. Uh, But it's definitely a a tough landscape to navigate right now for any college coach in whatever sport you're in. Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5, as we wrap it up. Let's spend the remaining time we have on the Raiders. As you're a proud partner and do a lot with the Raiders, the quarterback market is getting unique. Aaron Rodgers is still out there. Lamar Jackson clearly is a name that more and more people are talking about. Jared Stidham hasn't been signed yet. A lot of fans we talked to yesterday seem comfortable with Stidham going forward in some role. And then the Raiders have the seventh pick overall. So very important week next week ahead of the draft as free agency begins. Kevin, what are you sensing? What are you hearing about the Raiders in the quarterback position? Well, you know, we were in Indianapolis at the Combine last week and, and had a chance to spend some time with both Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. And while they, they aren't tipping their hand on what they're doing, there was a, a comfort level just in the way that they were going about business that they're, they're confident with whatever decision that they have made. Um, you know, it, there was so much Anthony Richardson talk uh, with the Raiders prior to the Combine, but he did so well at the Combine, he might have put themselves in, in, in a position where the Raiders would, might have to trade up if they were interested in getting somebody like him. But I think we'll have a better idea here with free agency opening up on Wednesday uh, where the Raiders are, are headed uh, because that's really the, the first thing that's going to happen in terms of from the quarterback position. All right, are you interested in any of the free agents? Are you they're going to make an offer at Jimmy G. Does he go somewhere else? Uh, if that doesn't happen, then you have to think that they're looking towards the draft or or a possible trade. So um, the bottom line with the Rodgers uh, and the Lamar Jackson thing is that are they willing to give up the draft capital that it will take to, to get them when they have so many other holes to fill? What would you think of the and, combine? What did you think while you were out there, the experience overall, knowing that the Raiders have the seventh pick? the media scrums, the opportunity to sit down with Ziegler and McDaniels, as you said, but all the other media that was surrounding and all the uh, the buzz there because Indy does a nice job with that combine, don't they? Oh, it was awesome. It was mm. just like a football factory there. And, you know, you have the, the national uh, outlets that have their stages, but then when the coaches and the GMs go to the pods and you have all of the other media that that's there, it's just fascinating to get people's takes on different franchises from outside the market. Uh, and the Raiders drew a lot of attention when Josh McDaniels, he was one of the first coaches to speak there at the combine mm-hmm. and huge budge. Obviously the Boston media was all there. They wanted to ask about Bill O'Brien coming in as the offensive coordinator, but there's still a lot of chatter that, you know, the Raiders have this mystique around the, 
the the league and around the country uh, that that people always want to know what's going on uh, with the Raiders and and there's just always that kind of buzz going around them and the fact that the you know they're going to be players in in some of the bigger storylines here this off season. Uh, makes it really interesting. Wrapping it up with Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5. So, as we mentioned, March Madness, I had a chance to walk that F1 construction site. I'm going to tell that story next hour. The Super Bowl coming up after that. Uh, the draft is a big deal because we had the draft here last year and we remember the buzz of all of that. I think the Raiders got to come through here, Kevin, and really thread the needle. They got to come through free agency with a couple of big names for value, not to overspend. The Dave Ziegler will not overspend. I think he's very disciplined with the checking account, the cash, the checkbook. He's going to be smart with it. But the draft still is something that I think this whole city needs to be a buzz about because we're sensing they could get that quarterback. And if they don't go quarterback with that first pick, they should get the best or second-best defensive player, and that could start the rebuild on the defensive side, which is mandatory. No question. I mean, uh, to me, the draft, because the Raiders have, have had poor drafts here in the last decade for the most part that has set the franchise back a little bit, now more than ever, the eyes need to be on the draft. And if you look at the AFC West, I mean, it's stacked right now. But if you look at the AFC West maybe two, three years down the road, then maybe there's some opportunity to where you know they're going to be able to, to make a big move. So that's why this draft is important to get some more of those foundational-type guys that you can build the rest of your roster around, and it's going to set them up maybe not in the immediate future in terms of this upcoming season, but maybe uh, the year after that and beyond where there might be some openings to make a move in the AFC West. Where are you going to be tonight? There's a lot of options here for sports in town over the weekend. What are you doing for Fox 5? Where will you be? What buildings are you sensing you'll show up to this weekend? Well, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, for for as uh, many things as I've done here recently and been out of town, I am doing uh, the family option. I am uh, taking my daughter to a soccer tournament in, in Arizona. We're doing a soccer event there. Okay. Uh, so I'm uh, taking a couple of days to uh, to get reacquainted with my family after being on the road a lot here in the last few weeks. I did it last week. It's a beautiful thing, man. Nothing's more important than family. Thanks for a few minutes today, Kevin. Always appreciate you. All right. Thank you, JT. Kevin Bollinger. I texted him this morning. There's a lot going on. He said, I'd love to come on. A proud partner of ours. One of our newsmen. We have Chris Matthews, Vince Sapienza, Kevin Bollinger, Dana, uh, Dana Wagner, one of my favorites. All my guys and gals in town here, we like to talk about what's happening in Vegas. We are very pro-Vegas. We love Las Vegas. We really do. We've been here a while. We want everybody to win. We want everybody to have a good time. The Fraternal Order of the Men of Khaki Pants are coming in next weekend. They're going to be bouncing into you in the casinos. They're going to be falling down. Uh, They're going to be tripping in and out of bars. They're going to be fighting for seats. The Fraternal Order of the Men of Khaki Pants are here. They're coming in. A lot of them don't bring luggage. They just have a big carry-on. They got two pairs of khaki slacks, a pair of swim trunks, three college shirts, and a tank top, and two pairs of shoes, sneakers and one dress shoes. And uh, they tell their wives and girlfriends, if you don't know it, it's not a bit, it's the truth. They tell their wives and girlfriends they're just going to Vegas to watch basketball. And they know, and the wives know each other, all the wives know in the group, and they all know that there's one guy in the group who's like the streaker, the idiot, and there's another guy in the fraternal order who's got the money. He's got a big job. Always one guy in the fraternal order of the men in khaki pants got big money. I mean, the guy who's got the big job, and he'll pick up a couple of dinner tabs, and then there's the Bud Light guy, and there's my, my Modelo guys, and then you got the guys who want bottle service, 
You got the guys who went to pool parties. That's where the fraternal order of the men in khaki pants, that's, you're right, Bobby, that's when they fray. That's when they fray, when the one guy who's not pool ready, not ready to take his shirt off, no way. We've all been there. He's like, no, I, I'm going to the pool party. I got to hook up an encore. I get into Wet Republic. I'm going to, I'm going to Tao. And then they, they break apart the group. And then the girlfriends and wives are on a text group, and they don't know. And then one of them goes missing. That's my favorite part of the podcast. Always one of them goes missing, just like the movie The Hangover. One of them's gone, and you try to hide that from the wife or girlfriend. You don't want it to get back to Illinois or Wisconsin that one of the men of the fraternal order went gone. And he ended up being in a strip club. He was just in a strip club, but the problem was he was in the strip club for 18 hours. And then he had to go use the ATM. And the ATM is connected with his card with his wife or girlfriend back home. And that's where it unravels. And then the steakhouse reservation gets canceled. And guys start getting to the airport. And then all chaos hits in. I'm an expert on this, as you can tell. The fraternal order of the men of khaki pants. They're coming in. They want to buy limos. They want pool parties. They want steak. They want wine. They want it all. And it, it's about a three-day bender. And there is a lot of college basketball in there. There's a lot of college basketball where they meet up and do that. Yeah, Thursday and Friday. You're right, Bob. Thursday and Friday, it works beautifully. About Friday afternoon, someone goes and takes a nap. Other guy goes to the strip club. The whole reservation gets canceled because guys are lost. And then the best part is when they meet up at the airport because they all, they all just end up meeting up at the gate. No money, no chance of any money, and they get on their planes and they go home, and then they tell their wives they watch college uh, basketball, and the wives let them go back next year, and they keep coming back, and we accept them all here in Vegas. They help our economy. 702-365-9200. The great Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox. So kind to join us here on Friday. Jerry Coleman in Baltimore on the update on Lamar Jackson which I want to make sure we handle that well here on Raider Nation Radio if there's the possibility to talk about him. And then next week, it's Raiders Free Agency, one of the biggest weeks of the year on our flagship, and we'll have it covered from morning through noon and night, Raider Nation Radio. Would I be interested in having Aaron Rodgers throw to me? Yes. Uh, yes. I would love to have that, and obviously that would be a dream scenario, one that I've, I'm, I'm very familiar with. Bobby had the soundbite. Didn't take him long to find that. Welcome back. Brought to you by MeetupVegas.com. We just got a meat drop-off. They just dropped off our meat at MeetupVegas.com. Code word, JD Brick. Get the meat hookup. Brought it right to me here in the studio. We'll put it in the refrigerator, take it home after the show. It's restaurant-quality meat, chicken, chops, whatever you want. You can get it there, order it online. They'll bring it right to your home. It's fantastic. No chance you'll see me in a grocery store or anywhere else picking up meat when I can get it delivered and I know the quality of it. Meetupvegas.com, code word JT Brick. So the calls have been fantastic all week. Vinny Bonsignor uh, just reported that the Raiders are re-signing Tackle Brandon Parker. So we'll wait for the Raiders to make that official, as we always do, and say officially when it happens. But Vinny's about as close to official as you can get. Vinny Bonsignor, eight minutes ago, the Raiders are re-signing 
offensive tackle Brandon Parker, who I've happened to do a lot of events with over the years. So, well, just the last year, we've done a bunch of alumni events with him. Great guy. He's completely 100% healthy, completely healthy after his injury and missing last year. And that's someone they want to build with and someone they think they can build with going forward. So here's what we got going next week. Next week's an important week for us. March Madness kicks off here. It's big in Vegas. So we'll be at the Strat on Wednesday. We have another remote. We're going to tell you about that coming up. Then NFL Free Agency. Tuesday and Thursday, I'll be broadcasting from inside the Raiders. We're doing two new podcasts for free agency. So I'm very excited about that. That'll be up on YouTube, Raiders Roundtable with Q. Depending on who they're going to get us as a guest, we're going to be doing that Tuesday, Thursday. I'll be in the building, and there should be a lot of chatter in the building. And if there's a big signing, being inside the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center will be really cool. So that's what our week looks like. And then uh, chaos as March Madness comes to town, and every casino, every property, all of our partners are going to have big events going up and down the Strip. And Thursday, Friday is kind of like a holiday in Vegas. A lot of people enjoy some time to get to the casino, sportsbook early, and spend a couple of days gambling. A huge handle here in Vegas, and a lot of people coming to town. And then we're going to dive heavy with the guests that we're trying to book out. Bobby does a great job looking out a week or two in advance. We're going to be booking NFL insiders to talk about the draft in April, but to recap free agency. So hopefully we get a couple of our regulars on, maybe Paul Gutierrez, Vic Tafer, Bill Williamson, Vinny next week and recap what the Raiders do. I don't know what the Raiders are going to do. I know the Raiders have money. They have a lot of money when it comes to free agency, and they have a lot of needs on defense. And I hope that they bring in proven starters that will plug a hole and become a player that will be an impact Raider. And they have to do that wisely because free agents are normally expensive, right? you got to overpay for the free agent because a cornerback or a defensive tackle, it's not the Raiders who want that player. There's like eight or nine teams that want that player. And it's a bidding war. And I think Dave Ziegler is only going to spend so much money depending on they got to figure out the quarterback, and they could get a quarterback in the draft that's going to get quarterback money in the draft, which is always significant if you're in those top seven picks. So the money around here with the Raiders, very important that it's handled correctly, and that's supposed to be, and I believe will be, one of the strengths of Dave Ziegler, making sure the money is spent properly and he doesn't waste any of it. That happens in free agency coming up. I would refer you to NFL.com. They have their free agent tracker, which they update, and they have the top 100 free agents available. So there's a lot of fits there uh, for the Raiders there. When one player signs, they take them off that list. Odell Beckham Jr. getting a lot of buzz today for his workout in Arizona and what he's going to be able to do. Uh, The Dolphins are converting Tyreek Hill's, listen to this, $10 million roster bonus and $16 million salary into a $24.83 million bonus and a $1.65 million salary. <laughs> what a scam this, what this is. Tyreek Hill's now going to have a $1,100,000 salary after they give him $25 million in cash and a bonus. Remember, everybody can manipulate the cap. Everybody can move money around. That's a great example right there. Hour number two coming up next, along with Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox.